Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Javon Baker, is he staying or leaving? We'll talk about it and give you everything that we know up to this point. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to minute second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. A lot to get into today. Obviously, uh, we had an episode earlier this week when the tsunami dropped that K.J. Jefferson uh, was committing to UCF, and that needed an emergency pod. But we're still dropping an episode, and it's good because there's a lot to talk about. And, you know, I teased it earlier today, and we're going to get into it. But first, Nick Geddes joins me. Um, Nick, uh, obviously, you know, Twitter's an interesting place. It's very volatile sometimes. Sometimes people... Uh, think they break news on Twitter. Sometimes people think they know what they're talking about or they know something secretive or specific. Um, how are you doing, first of all? And then how has this week on Twitter been? It, UCF, it's like high and low for the last, I don't know, four or five days. Hot, hitting monster highs and then uncertainty and then lows. It, it's It's a weird week on Twitter. Well, I just think in general, like college football, like the product itself is as good as it's ever been on the field, okay? From a rating standpoint, the viewership is there, the interest is there, it's the second biggest sport in America. When the games aren't being played, that is the part of college football that is, it's really unlike any other. Like, you really have to keep your head on a swivel at all time. And I find myself kind of being more active on Twitter than ever during like a college football offseason because there's so many different things changing there's so many decisions that we think are set in stone that a few days later, they're like, yeah, I don't know about this. And with the NIL, and I'm not even sure if NIL is being used the way that I thought it was intended to at this point. It's just nope. kind of a free-for-all. Uh, and I'm obviously not the first one to say that. We all know the issues. But yeah, clearly there is a... I think because you know with the UCF fan base, you know, obviously there's a lot of passion there. And that's a good thing because... You know, passion kind of, you know, especially if you went there like we did, you know, you feel like you're, you belong to this, to this, uh, this team a little bit. And, you know, given the way the season ended against Georgia Tech in that bowl game, and you can argue if it's meaningless or not, um, it left a sour taste, I think, in a lot of fans' mouths. And then we had the great recruiting day. And it's like, you're just kind of looking for like good news to outweigh everything. And we got that with KJ. We got that with Kobe. Got that with Javon, and now we're at this point where we're like, eh, I don't know. We might be getting hit with a, a little bit of a, you know, off guard a little bit. So, 
it's just got to keep, you got to keep your head on a swivel nowadays. I, I typically just stay out of like, I read a lot on Twitter and I kind of just stay away from it though. I'll read it and I'll just kind of keep moving. But absolutely, there's just so much changing around college football right now that it's so, it's really hard to keep up with. It is. And I'm not going to keep people waiting because obviously I put out a tweet earlier this morning saying that we were releasing a pod and we were going to let everybody know what I personally know on the Javon Baker situation. Because it seems any little tweet or any little hint, hit, nudge, nudge tweet, people automatically assume one thing, Nick, or the complete opposite or something not even related. Like I'm watching the Magic game last night. And the game goes to overtime, and I put one of the emojis where the emoji is just falling into water. And they're like, is this Javon leaving? And I'm like, it has nothing to do with it. I, I just am watching the Magic game right now. And, and I, hype game, by the way. Uh, sucks. One of the most heartbreaking games, but proud of the team. But with that being said, I'm going to tell you guys everything we know on the Javon Baker situation. I have multiple sources that have told me the exact same thing. I'm grateful for the people that tell me stuff because, listen, it it gives me more information, makes me kind of see the greater landscape. I am not here saying I am a scooper. Me and Nick are not scoopers. We are not, we don't have a heartbeat on every situation, every recruit, nothing like that. But I have heard this over the past five days, the same thing from multiple people. So clearly, stuff's getting out, maybe not to everybody, And I'm not going to say everything that we know. I will tell you what you need to know as fans. And if the extra stuff comes out that maybe doesn't really affect what you guys need to know, then you'll find out later. But it's not pertinent to the conversation of what do we know regarding the Javon Baker situation. Now, let's recap a little, right? Quickly. Javon Baker announces he is staying right before the Gasparilla Bowl, right? Puts out a tweet saying, I'm back. Blows up UCF Twitter right before the Gasparilla Bowl. Then he goes on to have the most yards in Gasparilla Bowl history. Nine receptions, 173 yards or something like that. Has a great game, right? Really one of the only bright spots of the game. We don't think anything of it. We're thinking, Javon Baker's coming back next year. RJ Harvey's coming back. We're sitting pretty. We get KJ Jefferson. We're sitting pretty. Kobe Hudson announced he's coming back. I get contacted by multiple people that I know. And Brandon Helwig had reported it. Like, this isn't like something that I like. Brandon Helwig reported in his KJ article, Javon Baker was still deciding on whether to go to the NFL draft or not. From my sources, from what I have been told by multiple people, He is going to the NFL draft. That was what I was told four to five days ago. Javon Baker had already decided. He's going to the NFL draft. There's not been an announcement yet. That is what I was told. I'm sticking by those people. I believe what they've been telling me because it's not just that. There are many other layers to this story, Nick. And again, if it gets out, it gets out. I'm not going to be the one to get it out. I'm just letting the people know. If you see Twitter accounts on Twitter trying to mess with you or hinting at stuff. I thought my tweet was basically pretty pretty straightforward. When the Twitter when sideline said about the two receivers and I said, well, might only be one. I thought that was pretty self-explanatory, but clearly some people 
like to take advantage of that and think there's lying and think people are just trying to get clicks and views. I don't care about that. I just, I said it, I'm not going to come out and say Javon Baker's staying or leaving because I think there is still some talking behind the scenes. There is still trying to figure out, you know, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? But as of four days ago, he's been gone. As of four days ago, he's going to the NFL draft. There was a picture posted the other day uh, or literally yesterday of him with a bunch of other NFL, you know, draft prospects getting ready for the draft. I don't know what else you guys need. Other than that, again, there's many other layers to this story that I will not come out and say on here. If it comes out, it comes out. And again, he might very well change his mind. Maybe he gets different information. But clearly, Nick Javon Baker has gotten information that he's going to go to the NFL draft and be a a pretty high pick. Because in my head, the only reason you leave UCF is if you're going to be a first or second day draft pick or hell maybe a fourth round pick so that's what I've heard I've heard from multiple people this and and it's not just randos on Twitter it's people that are in the know that are that know what they're talking about that have told me Javon Baker is headed to the NFL draft that's what I've heard we'll see if I'm wrong or not and if I'm wrong then that's right you know I'm not a scooper so I guess take my information with a slight grain of salt And if I'm wrong, then you can all tweet at me. And I hope I am wrong because I want Javon Baker on this team. But Nick, when it comes to this, we're going to just talk in the Javon Baker sense. Where do you see him right now in regards to NFL draft rankings? Obviously, we love Javon. We, We think he had an incredible year. Number one in the Big 12 in receiving yards. Where do you see him right now? If you're an NFL team, where do you see him right now this year? Or coming back for another year. What would benefit in your head the most for him to do? I mean, I don't want to be the guy that like tells Javon Baker what he should and should not do. Um, I just, at the end of the day, he's going to do what's best for him. And he should. And if he feels like right now is the best, is, is he wants to strike while the iron's hot. You know, and he feels like his value is where it should be for the NFL draft. Then all power to him. Go to the NFL, enter the NFL draft. Um, and take your chances there. I mean, at some point, life is about taking chances, smart chances. And and if Javon feels like this is the time, then go do it. I mean, I can only look around, you know, what some of the people that evaluate talent and, you know, they put out these big boards and everything. And of course, endless NFL GMs, I'm sure stuff differs on NFL GMs, big boards than like others like PFF and um, some of the other draft sites out there. But I just haven't seen his name pop up really on these big boards as a trending name. Uh, I think Javon Baker still to the masses is a relatively unheard of player, even though he had the Alabama background before him, even though he was one of the top receivers, not just in the big 12 this year, but in all of college football. So, but like you kind of mentioned, there's always going to be people in your ear telling you what you should and should not do. And it kind of is a, it's like a game of judgment of where, you know, which information should I take serious and which information should I take with a grain of salt. And the beauty of this is he still has time to decide what he wants to do. And nothing is for certain until he's, until that day comes where you can no longer commit to the NFL draft. So 
as far as I'm concerned, it's still kind of wide open right now, but clearly there's a lot of, I would say there's smoke there. And the old saying is when there's smoke, there's fire. So it's certainly a possibility he could turn back on that decision and go to the NFL draft. And I don't think any UCF fan should really beat up on him for that. Truthfully. Um, you just want to make sure that he does what's best for him at the end of the day. As it relates to UCF next year, I mean, we've been kind of been talking about, you know, with KJ being here and RJ back and Kobe, and we were including Javon in, in there, thought that UCF had a chance to have one of the better offenses in the nation next year. Still think that's possible without Javon. You know, don't want to like minimize his impact because clearly he is wide receiver one on this team if he comes back. But it's a position that, UCF typically has a lot of depth at and they still do next year because Kobe's going to be there and imagine what Kobe would look like as the undisputed number one receiver you know Xavier Townsend I think you know he had he's had moments where he's shown flashes but I don't think he's really put it all together but he's also been a third option on this team so what would he look like as a number two option and then there's some other guys with buzz like a Gerard Baker for example who we know that the coaching staff likes a lot um, you have some other younger guys waiting in the wings. You can always go hit the portal. Hello, we're about to get to that, by the way. Um, yep. There's always options there. So, you know, it's just very important, like, as a fan, I guess, not to beat up on these guys. Obviously, we want them back. We want them to play as long as they can. But it's their decision at the end of the day, and no one else's. And they don't owe you anything. Javon Baker's given you two strong, strong years here at UCF. Okay. And he's helped you win a lot of games. And he just had a great performance in the Gasparilla Bowl. And if that's the final time you see him in UCF uniform, well, you saw him at his best. So that's kind of the way, that's kind of where I stand on it. It's just, again, the information out there, who you're listening to, where you're getting the information. Is it good faith? Is it benefiting them? Or is it benefiting the player? That's the important thing. And I think Javon is probably in that stage right now where he's, um, and this is just speculating, obviously, that he's probably evaluating yeah. all of that and he's got time to. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I want to reiterate. I've said it three times now, I'll say it a fourth. We are not scoopers. We do not have a Rolodex of sources that are on the pulse of UCF, right? And it wasn't like we were going out and searching for any information. By all accounts, we assumed Javon Baker was going to come back. He announced he was back. Why would anybody assume differently? Um, clearly Brand Helwig heard very similar things to what I heard. Um, because he put it in an article with KJ Jefferson, had nothing to do with anything, but he is still weighing his options on whether to go to the NFL. Now, some fans might say, and listen, I'm not saying it's a done deal. I've said that on here. All I have heard is that, yeah, he's most likely going to the NFL. That's what I have heard. Again, we might be wrong. Not saying I'm right. I'm just trying to give you guys, when I'm tweeting and I'm saying certain things, I'm going based off people I trust and I think, you know, have some good information because they've given me information in the past that has been accurate. So, to Nick's point, I think when it comes to the receiving room, that's not the main focus. I mean, it's, I think, listen, you obviously want Javon Baker, right? There's no question. Uh, But listen, you can't hate a player for choosing what makes them the most money in the end, what gives them the best opportunity to succeed. And we said, like, Javon Baker, if you really think about it, Javon Baker had exceeded expectations where we all assumed he wasn't coming back. 
Right. Right. And and the, the long-term money is always going to be in the NFL. NIL is always going to be there, but the long-term money is always going to be built in the NFL. And who knows? We still got a lot of time until the NFL draft. And a lot of these things that I mentioned, whether it's big boards and where people rank and all that kind of stuff, and are you a day one guy, a day two, day three, that stuff kind of fluctuates almost all the way up to draft day. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not saying like, even though I don't see his name getting a lot of buzz right now in the NFL, it doesn't mean that it can't still happen. I mean, there's going to be a could lot also of- be, that could also be because he's already announced, Hey, I'm going, I'm going back to UCF. And if he announces tomorrow, I'm going to the NFL draft, maybe his name gets shot up real quick. He's like, Oh, right. okay. And, and, he's going and to keep the NFL. in mind, keep in mind, this is a, a very, very deep draft class at receiver. So, do I see Javon, even though I even though things can change, do I see him being a day one guy? No. Do I see him being a day two guy? No. Not at this moment. Maybe. Not at this moment, but things could change. Um, so all that's got to be taken into consideration. And, and you know what? The benefit here, if Javon does get drafted, let's just say within the first four rounds, if that ends when, up when. being a possibility... It's actually a good thing and a feather in the cap to UCF and this current staff because that's something that you can use as a recruiting tactic when it comes to transfer portal receivers going forward is, hey, we took a kid from Alabama who obviously was heavily recruited, all that, had talent. He came into our program, into our system, and look what the numbers he put up and look what he you know, established for himself. He became an ex-whatever draft pick. So there's always a silver lining to these things. And that's something that would benefit UCF. And it's, it's never a bad thing when players from your program declare for the draft and get drafted. It's ne- that's never a bad thing and should not be viewed as a negative. No, and I think it's a win-win. I mean, again, I don't think there's any hate or vitriol or, um, listen, I hope that I hope that Javon comes back. Again, we you look at the offense with him in it, and the thought process of next year. And of course, your mindset becomes a lot more positive with him in the lineup, whereas if he goes to the NFL draft. Right. But, but again, you have UCF. to think of this too. You have to think of this too. I mean, listen, there's there's always risk. I mean, you know, I mean, you never know what what could happen. He could get injured in game one next year on August 31st. And that would you talk about could he get drafted this year? Well, then even next year, he's a year older and then you'd have an injury. I mean, he probably wouldn't get drafted at all. And then like, who knows? Like, there's so much risk here, like for these guys. So that's why, like, if you feel like your value is where it's at, you can't blame a player for trying to strike while the iron's hot. End of story listen, is how I feel I wanna, about it. No, 100%. And this is why I don't think it's a complete done deal. I think he's heavily leaning towards the NFL. But again, we're now... I heard this on Monday. I heard uh, about this. And I heard the entire story that goes along with it. It's now Thursday. And there's been no announcement. There's been nothing. Um, the only real hard evidence online has been him trading with training with other NFL prospects. Um, the Brandon Helwig, you know, little nugget in the KJ article. Uh, and then... Of course, him posting an Instagram story with him and Kobe Hudson, and it said back in black that somebody else posted. Those have been the only things that have got fans running through their heads of, is he going, is he not going? I have heard he's leaning towards going, and that can change. Listen, I think as the days go on, clearly the decision is weighing on him of what to do. 
So it's not, if it was a clear-cut, easy decision, I'm going to the NFL draft, I'm sure we would have already heard about it. So that's all I'm going to say on here. Um, Again, we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll find out within the next week or so what the decision is and what kind of decision has come to be. And we'll discuss that and what that can take place. I'm sorry if I repeat myself. I know that's um, something I sometimes do on here, but I just want to reiterate certain points to make sure that it comes across the way it does. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way about Javon Baker, let's move into, you know, a potential replacement if Javon Baker decides to go to the NFL, um, which I found, I kind of find a little interesting, um, Nick, because a lot of people on Twitter and in our comment section and when you're talking about UCF, the number one thing that people want is linebackers. Easy. Defense to get better. Easy. Nobody's really talking about receivers, which again, if you kind of put some pieces together, one a top wide receiver goes into the portal, young receiver, 6'2", 185, young, and he's on a visit to UCF right now. Uh, Bryson Rogers, Ohio State, uh, was a true freshman last year uh, from Zephyr Hills. Uh, he entered the transfer portal not even a couple days ago. Uh, and he is on a visit right now to UCF, which I said, again, two days ago, um, that it would not shock me if UCF reaches out. Um, his mom liked the post, so we safely assumed, okay, he's going to be visiting UCF. That was a couple days ago. Um, I want to read you Andrew Ivan's scouting report on him, right? Uh, he has him projected as a Power 5 starter. And this was on 9-9-22. He said, one of the mo- more unique prospects in the 2023 cycle. Slight of frame, especially for a wide receiver prospect that isn't exactly known for his long speed times, but plays with an exuberant amount of confidence, which allows him to create separation and traffic and then pick up chunks of yardage after the catch. Ability to accelerate in the snap of a finger is without a doubt a strength at this stage in his development while rubber band-like joints allow him to change directions with ease. I'm not going to read the rest. The rest is just stats. Nick, if you're thinking about a 6'2", guy that can go up and get catches, went to Ohio State, just spent a year there, which I guess, if we're being honest, Ohio State is wide receiver U, in my opinion, I think. Goes to Ohio State, gets a year there, enters the transfer portal, if you're UCF, you don't really necessarily need receivers. You have a lot on the roster, right? You've lost a couple that are kind of really low in the depth chart. You just added three, you know, transfer or not transfers, but you just added three in the 24 class as, you know, incoming freshmen. You don't need to go get another receiver, but clearly you you feel the need to bring in a Bryson Rogers on a visit. And it looks like you're trying to get that commitment. Um, what do you like out of Bryson Rodgers? Obviously, it would be a huge pickup for UCF. But again, clearly, uh, the staff is going after you know a couple transfer wide receivers, which you wouldn't think they would, given the wide receiver room they have right now. Right, and if you're like trying to like look for like clues and hints, you know, relating to the Javon situation, I guess like Bryson would be something to point at because, like you said. Wide receiver, even without Javon, I don't think is the biggest need on the roster. Not even close. 
Um, but the fact that they're doing their due diligence and recruiting him heavily right now, I think is pretty telling. And listen, I mean, he's there's a lot of potential there. Now, by Ohio State's standard, was he a high-end recruit for them, especially at the receiver position? No. I think he was their lowest-ranked uh, receiver in the 2023 class, but it's relative to the program that he's stepping into. Um, I think he was still rated as a top 350 player in the on three industry ranking, which if you were to plop him in the 2023 class for UCF, he would have been your third highest recruit. So if you put that in perspective of the caliber of player that UCF would be getting here, um, you kind of mentioned a little bit about him. And, you know, I'll just add it very sure handed. I think that's kind of what we we read a lot in the reports. Uh, really good route runner. Obviously not the most physical guy, not the biggest guy in the world, but that doesn't seem to really matter as much in college. But being sure-handed, being a, a sure route runner, those are obviously two really good skill sets that will always stay with you. He got a lot of praise from some of his fellow receivers at Ohio State, Emeka Abuka being one of them that I was reading up on, and he called him Mr. Consistent, and he really showed out at fall camp. And so, I mean, when you go to Ohio State and you know that there's a log jam, you know that you really have to come to play. Um, and clearly it looks like he did that in fall camp. It's just a matter if he's ever if he was ever going to get that opportunity at Ohio State. And the same thing happened with Jamison Williams. He went to Alabama, became a first-round pick, and now he's in the NFL. So there's a lot of potential and talent there. And if he were to come to UCF, I mean, it's similar to the Javon situation a little bit. I mean, Javon walked into a, a crowded room at Alabama and by their standard was a lower-end recruit at that position. And came to UCF with a lot of potential that hadn't been tapped into and UCF tapped into that. And so now we're having NFL draft discussions about him. And for the same reasons that I mentioned, you know, just a few minutes ago, the success that Javon had is a nice selling point to these transfer portal receivers. And um, clearly UCF has a lot of buzz. I mean, I believe if I'm not mistaken, this is the first visit he's taken. Do I have that? I think I have that correct. Um, He looks really good in the space uniform. Uh, (laughs) I saw the photos coming in the video yeah. coming out today. So looks like a night already. Obviously, a semi-local kid down there in, in uh, Zephyr Hills. So a little bit of a local connection there to an extent. Um, yeah, he'd be a, a, a really good get at a position that you don't necessarily, I would say, need. Um, but it, again, we've, talk, we've had these discussions too, stockpiling talent and a guy like that who has all this, he's four years of eligibility. This is not a, a guy who's a mercenary who's coming in for a year to get his and move on. I mean, this is a guy that could potentially be in your program for up to another four years, potentially. So it's a good long-term play. And from a talent standpoint, outside of Kobe, I mean, even including X, he might be your second most talented receiver in the room next year. Like if you put it in perspective like that, you can make that argument. So I think it's a smart play. It sounds like UCF made it. I mean, there was an article, I think, in The Athletic this week and I think UCF was even mentioned as one of the schools that really goes all out to recruit guys. And it kind of yep. like leaves a mark on them because they kind of just, I think the quote was, they take us everywhere. Um, and so I'm sure they're doing that today with Bryson. So I'd love to see it happen. You know, even if, even if Javon comes back, I think it'd be a good fit for him and an offense that would, I think, really untap his potential. No, yeah. Regardless of if Javon comes back or not, I think this would be a huge get. And I think, Nick, listen, you look at UCF's top two receivers, Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson. Javon Baker came from Alabama, 
Kobe Hudson was Auburn's leading receiver right. uh, before he came here. So I think if you're a receiver, and listen, UCF, I, I'd even say for the past, I don't know, five to eight years, offensive players look at UCF and they're like, that's an offense I want to go play in. That's an offense that's really going to use me and kind of uh, get me the ball. And I think one thing we were nervous about in like, you know, last year, not last year, but the year before was our receivers going to want to come play for UCF given how much they run the football and how kind of they haven't really utilized the passing game. Well, Darren Hinshaw kind of brought that back immediately uh, in just one year when you have two almost thousand yard receivers. I mean, Kobe was 900. So um, basically 2000 yard receivers, a bunch of receivers in the country are going to look at that and be like, there's going to be a hole. After next year, at the most, say Javon comes back, Javon and Kobe are both gone. So if I'm a receiver, I'm looking at it as UCF's going to get me the ball. There's kind of a wide open competition to see who the next top guys are going to be at UCF. Like if Javon leaves, I think it's three-headed rice. In my opinion, obviously you have Kobe, you have X. In my opinion, and again, this is just knowing who we have on the roster, I think Chauncey Mag would be number one, number one option. You brought him in from Kentucky for a reason. Didn't get a lot of much, a lot of playing time last year, but seems like that's a talent SEC guy you bring in, replace. Number two, if he commits, you would have to assume that Bryson Rogers kind of gets that, get, gets that look. If I'm the coaches right now, let's just say that Javon has told the coaches, I ain't coming back. I'm going to the NFL. The selling point to him is, listen, there's an open competition next year. You yeah. come in, you prove yourself, you play. Like, we don't have a, a set guy to take over for Javon. I mean, if you look, Trent Whittemore got play last year, but you didn't really feel like he would be a starter for you the next year if, if one of the guys left. Kind of felt like a depth play. So there's him. And then one guy I really like that I think... Again, if, if you really just look at how UCF has done what they've done and commit commitments this year, um, just alone when you look at the wide receivers, Burdell Richardson. I mean, Burdell Richardson, I think, has a chance to play early um, given how many teams, especially big-time teams, wanted him to come to their program. He commits to UCF. We talked about him on the, the signing day episode. I think those are your three guys. If Javon leaves... It's a wide open competition. So if I'm Bryson, it's like to your point, Nick, it's like you have four years of eligibility. If you're the coach, it's like, but you're gonna be wide receiver one in in a couple right. of years with the talent if you show it. Right. It's a great selling point. Um, I didn't even think of that part when I was going on my my spiel about Rogers that when I mentioned the four years of eligibility and the fact that this is definitely gonna be Kobe's last year. Yep. Um, and X, I mean, X still has eligibility, obviously for multiple years, I believe. Right. Yeah. Two. So yeah, two years. So, you know, on all likelihood, he'll be back as well in the future, but yeah, clearly Bryson has a chance if he came here to, I mean, that's a good selling point. Like, Hey, you could open competition spot to play right away this season for sure. And then after this year, you could be the guy and you could be leading the next crop of receivers that are coming in. So there's a lot to like there. And it's, like I said, it's a very wide receiver friendly offense when you have nearly two 1,000 yard receivers this season. And that's playing with two different quarterbacks, by the way. Um, so there's a lot of good selling points. Uh, I, I mean, I personally like the chances of it happening. 
because yep. because of all the points we've mentioned um and hopefully we'll get some clarity on that in the next few days we'll see if he takes in so many other visits but on the surface stockpiling talent at a position like that it is a premium position nowadays receiver i don't think it would hurt whatsoever to get him in the building no and if i had to guess on the outset i'm sure he will take probably one or two more visits. Uh, that's, again, you got to do what you got to do when you're in the transfer portal and make sure you don't make any rash decisions. Um, I think, if we're being honest, it's probably between UCF and Iowa State, uh, two Big 12 programs. Obviously, he used his former quarterback, Rocco Becht, is at Iowa State. So it's safe to assume that those would probably be the two kind of destinations right now that would kind of entice him. But... Who knows? We'll see. We might get some some boom news here soon, and um, we'll go from there. But let's move on to our final topic today, uh, which Cincinnati fans, Nick, you got to love them, right? You got to love Cincinnati fans. Um, yesterday, I got a commitment. Um, let me get back to my notes here because I am all over the place here. Um, it, with, from Deshaun Pace. There you go. Ivan Pace Jr.'s brother, Deshaun Pace, um, commits to UCF. Obviously, this is now the third Cincinnati Bearcat that has committed to UCF in this cycle. Um, Miles Montgomery, running back, was um, another one, and Byron Threats, safety, who also has committed to UCF. So three uh, Cincinnati Bearcats in the cycle. Um, Besides KJ Jefferson, I think on on three, they are the top three uh, transfers that have committed. You know, here's the thing. I think defensively, you bring in a guy like Threats, um, who, I mean, is a hard hitter. I talked about him a little bit um, on one of the previous pods. He he lays some hits, and then you get a guy like Deshaun Pace who kind of plays that kind of safety slash linebacker. I kind of think about the where they put Jaire Wilson last season. I think, again, you kind of need that linebacker depth. I think this guy's made a lot of tackles. Is he maybe not as bulky as you'd like at linebacker? Sure. Um, but I think he kind of can play that hybrid role. And then you bring in a running back from Cincinnati who, yeah, was third on the depth chart, but was by far their their best running back when it came to just average of yards and when he got his opportunity to make the most of it. So what do you think about these additions? Obviously, the Deshaun Pace one is the most recent one, right? So we'll focus on that one. But I get it. The reports are coming out that, you know, Scott Satterfield told these guys to enter the portal. That doesn't mean that they're bad players. Uh, it means that Scott Satterfield and staff have brought in a lot, a lot of young talent and young players, and clearly they're moving on quick from the older guys to get some playing time for the young guys. That's how I read it, but Cincinnati fans will tell you differently. Nick, well, do you he, believe one or the other there? I mean, Or do you uh, think it's... It's possible, too. I mean, Scott Satterfield is entering his second year at Cincinnati, and... When there's turnover at the head coaching position, there turns to be turnover with the roster and guys. I mean, we the extreme case of it obviously is what Dion did at Colorado, um, but that tends to happen. There's turnover and they want to get their guys in there, um, and it just kind of depends what the philosophy is at Cincinnati. And if they feel like they want to go with a youth movement and get some guys that better better fit their system of play or what they want to accomplish, then yeah, that stuff happens all the time. Um, I'm not as plugged in, obviously, with Cincinnati to know what it truly is. Uh, We can only evaluate the players themselves and, you know, read the reports and the numbers and all those kind of stuff and the plays they made. Um, You know, the Deshaun Pace one, I think, is probably the most interesting 
because of the the versatility he kind of brings to your defense. You know, he played a lot in the nickel last year, but he also played a lot, you know, up front in the front seven. So clearly that was a big weakness for UCF. And stopping the run is always going to be something and making plays in the backfield. And there's one thing he did. I think he had like 25 and a half tackles for loss his career at Cincinnati. So tells me he's making plays in the backfield. So I think he's probably the most interesting guy there. Um, I know people have been, I know like a lot of the Cincinnati fans have been saying, you know, we got three players here that just went to our, our biggest rival, I guess, per se. And they weren't exactly thrilled with that, but I mean, listen, it's welcome to college football. <laughs> That's kind of the way I could say it. I mean, you know, even Ohio state, the, the receiver Fleming, Julian Fleming, he committed to Penn state, one of Ohio state's two biggest rivals. So it's happening all over the place. So I don't put much stock into that stuff as much, but yeah, I, I definitely think that pace is the the most interesting of the three. Ha, obviously, he probably would step right in and be a starter. I probably would say Threats is most likely going to be there too, and then Montgomery. I think that's just you know a depth signing at this depth, point. Yeah, yeah, because RJ is going to carry the bulk load. I mean, Johnny is still here. Um, hell, even Demarcus Bowman is still here. I mean. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, that's another position that you just have a, a stockpile of, of guys at. Um, and I guess he's the natural. I mean, Mark Anthony Richards didn't play really much at all for UCF. So I guess you're just kind of replacing one with one there. And also Jordan McDonald's gone as well. And you have to have more than three running backs on your roster. So that's kind of where Montgomery fits in and you'll see what you can get out of them. But I think threats and pace are the two guys that you plug into your defense. There's a lot of experience there. And you just know that it's got to be better than what it was this past season because as much as we've talked about the offense and we've talked about K.J. Jefferson, a lot of this is going to depend on what they can do defensively. How much better can they be on that side of the ball? And obviously on the offensive line as well. I think those two units, you're going to have to figure out if you can get it right because without those two units humming, you know we've already seen you can't just be a one-dimensional team that just scores a bunch of points. Because you will still lose games, as we just saw this season for UCF. So, definitely excited about threats and and pace and what they can bring. Yeah, the defense is the only thing keeping me from saying that UCF is going to the Big 12 championship, if we're being completely honest. So, uh, yeah, I think I like the versatility. I think that's... And listen, we've played against these guys for years. Um, and whenever you play Cincinnati, that's why I found it hilarious when Cincinnati fans are like, oh, well, you have our leftovers. We we don't want them. We told them to leave. It's like whenever we played Cincinnati, obviously Corleone, he's staying. So that's a big you know time guy that's going to stay for them. The Pace brothers and Byron Threats were the guys that you were like, we need to watch out for. So it's funny to me when, yeah, they are some of your better defensive players, if not your best defensive or your best defensive players are coming now over to us, and it's we didn't want them. It's like, okay, yeah, you could have told them to transfer, but I, I don't think your defense is going to be better without them in the lineup, and we'll see. Who knows? These guys might not see the field. This is why, like, the good thing about last year, Nick, with the transfers coming in, like, I think we have a year under our belt to realize. Why, how we use our transfers realistically. And we won't know until we really see them on the field if they're a depth piece or if UCF is viewing them as a starter. Because ultimately, last year, the only 
real starters that we saw come from the transfer portal were on the offensive line. Besides that, everything else was basically depth. Like, you didn't really see any starters come from the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball or offensively besides the offensive line. So, who knows? I'm assuming that it's going to be open competition. You have a need at linebacker. Both your starting linebackers are are, are gone. Um, I know Quadric Bullard is coming back, so that could potentially interest things. But besides that, I mean, um, I think you hit the nail on the head right there with uh, the, the Sean Pace and um, all of the Cincinnati guys. All right, Nick, any final thoughts? Um, obviously, we talked about a lot in this episode. I'm dreading making graphics for this episode because I have to make three lower thirds for the different things we talked about. I'm sure everybody um, feels get, so bad for you. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Oh, I'm already ready for the comments saying I don't know anything and, yeah, you know. Which, yeah. honestly, I there's a part of me that wants Javon to stay. Or a lot of, uh, all of me wants him to stay. But there's a part of me that wants him to announce that he's staying just so I can get all of the comments of I'm not an insider and I will tweet out. I will tweet out uh, I'm retiring as a scooper because I clearly would then not do a good job. I mean, you already said you weren't a scooper, so. I'm not. How could, can but you I'm retire, gonna retire from something that you're not? Exactly. That's, <laughs> I, I, I'll you gotta retire cover officially. Your, you got to cover all your bases. Uh, but no, I'll, I'll just wrap up with saying that, you know, clearly we could be in store for another pod later this week. Even though it's Thursday, we could have another one potentially if, this news comes out this weekend, so keeping heads up for that. Um, and then we didn't get, we didn't say this today, and I won't spend much time on it because the game was pretty much um, unwatchable for large parts of it. Uh, but shout out to to Birdsong, who uh, was one of the standouts of that of that game. Uh, for yeah. I think he was on Team Ice, and I think he let he had the most tackles of anybody in the game. And I saw his reaction on the sideline, and he was like really like, pumped up about that and excited. And it seems like he enjoyed his time in Orlando this weekend. So we've been talking about the need for linebackers and it looks like UCF got a a really talented one there. And you saw the way he played in that Under Armour All-American game. So shout out to shout out to him. I can't wait for him to get on campus and hopefully be a guy, you know, most likely next year that can crack that rotation and make an impact. So maybe even this year, we'll see what happens with the portal. But uh, yeah, we'll just... Until then, we'll stay tuned to see what happens with with Javon. But whatever happens, don't be too down in the in the dupes about it. I think there's been more positive to come out of this offseason than negative, and I don't think what Javon does is is going to to change that. Uh, another shout out to Cincinnati for for losing uh, Birdsong. Uh, that you know, he was originally a Cincinnati commit, their highest rated commit in program history. Uh, now he is a member of the UCF Knights. Um, and yeah, final thoughts on that. Listen, I hope that we get news in the coming days that Javon's staying. If not, I agree with Nick. Listen, I don't think any of us assumed Javon was staying uh, an extra year. So the fact when he announced he was coming back, I think shocked all of us, uh, given we yeah, just assumed I, that's, he was that's, a goner. That's probably where the, the reaction is from some of the fan base is you were told one thing, and then if he turns on that decision, you feel like you were betrayed almost, but... Again, you, you have to kind of learn to not get too sensitive in the in the modern day of college football. It is it really is one of the I know that's so cliche and worn out, but it is what it is. I guess the positive is again you'll have if he does leave, uh you'll have a draft pick. And we haven't been able to say that for like a couple years. So 
Um, we're going to have a lot of draft picks coming up in the next couple of years. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll keep you informed. Follow me and Nick both on Twitter. Uh, as soon as news drops or anything official comes out, we will let you know. Um, and hopefully we don't have to do another pod this week. If we do, I mean, that might be the most we've ever done in a given week would be three. Um, so, you know, fun for you guys. But uh, we'll see what happens. Again, we'll keep you informed. If you like our content, we will continue posting content throughout the offseason. We will continue doing it for years to come, and we'll do it this year as well. Uh, So please, like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that you do. If you want a hat, the Etsy link is down below. We've got four different versions. Just go to Etsy and search it and look at what kind of hat you would want. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. This has been Charge On presented by BetOnline. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.